I got it wrong in the handling of the Ray Rice matter. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry. I'm uh, extremely sorry. You know, we were hoping for an undefeated season. That was my goal. Something Floor's never done here. I apologize to the world, to my family, to this wonderful city of Las Vegas that has hosted so many fabulous boxing events. The whole thing is a huge regret. It was a huge mistake. I wish that I hadn't done it. I wish I could go back um, and do a lot of things different. I don't think I can specifically pinpoint one thing that I regret more than anything else. I regret all of it. I just want to first off apologize to uh, you know Steve Bashotti, Isaac Newsom, and Coach Harbaugh. Yeah, and um, everyone who was affected, you know, by this situation that. Uh, me and my wife were in. I apologize to everybody in Major League Baseball. My family, the Marises of Sealy. Today was the hardest day of my life. It is with a great amount of shame that I stand before you and tell you that I have betrayed your trust. We need to get on with, with the important things in life, like the economy and really some crucial things in life like basketball. I'm not a racist. I made a terrible, terrible mistake. And I'm here with you today to apologize and to ask for forgiveness. I view this situation as one big lie that I repeated a lot of times. As Elin pointed out to me, my real apology to her will not come in the form of words. It will come from my behavior. Welcome back, everyone, to the legendary Stayos podcast. Once again, you're spending time with Chris and Jordan. What's going on, brother? Welcome, welcome. So I have a confession to make. What you got? My confession is this. I want to apologize to my body. I've gone to McDonald's twice this week. You tend to do that sometimes when you a little broke and you either forget your lunch or aren't feeling leftovers the next day. Oh, my God. And you got three to four dollars in your pocket. Yes. <laughs> or or eight dollars that you have to stretch for three days. Stretch. Yeah, so I'm hoping I can do that, and I end up going to McDonald's. One of the no, culprits, it's not good at all. And, and one of the culprits, I'm going to place some blame on a local restaurant uh, in my building that did not have what I wanted. At a certain time, they like to sell items at a discount rate because it's close to closing, and they make their food fresh. So all right. they'll sell things right. at, at half price. But when I went there, they didn't have prepared what I normally get. And by them being so close to closing, they weren't going to make it. So oh. after that, I and they're eerily close to McDonald's. So after that, I just stood in the food court area of my building and arguing with myself psychologically and mentally only to give in to McDonald's. You can never give in. Keep hope alive, brother. And it, and it just so happened that, you know, one of the, the young ladies that works at McDonald's, when I do go in there, you know, we, we 
kind of crack on each other a little bit. And she, uh, she kind of lured me in a little bit. She recommended that I download their app, which I had certainly been resisting uh, for at least over a year now. Sounds like a little attention was going on. It was, it was, it was, so, it was so, a struggle in my soul. It was um, psychological calisthenics taking place. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so I downloaded the app and, and happened to stumble across a nice little deal. Where I got one of their better sandwiches for a dollar. I got the okay. premium chicken for a dollar. So it paid off. I mean, when I do go to McDonald's, I try to stay away from uh, what they try to convince everyone is beef. And I usually go chicken, and that's what I did. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they convince anyone that that it's beef. I think they they pretty much know everybody knows it's not. I mean, all it has to be is from the cow to be beef, right? I mean, so it doesn't have to be like. <laughs> you know what? Oh my god, this is not the way to start off a podcast. I think we're gonna throw up already. Well. Such is life. McDonald's yeah. is making money hand over fist. And um has to be a reason. You know, people aren't just uh donating blindly to McDonald's. They're getting product and they're eating it. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a big food chain like that. You can just trick people. Once you become big, doesn't matter what you give people, they're gonna take it anyway. Yeah, so I allowed the clown to feed me a couple times this week. <laughs> the clown. I like that. Well, uh, you know, that that's that's well and good. It's funny you said you apologized to your stomach. It, it sounded sincere, I must say, but uh, it's funny you mentioned apologies because I certainly uh, have something that has been bothering me for a while, sir, and uh, I got to get it off my chest. Go for it. Okay. All right. Uh, I know we, we kind of talked about this before we got on, you know, on the podcast and uh, it's pretty much the, is the art of apology. I, I am specifically talking to all you athletes, you actors, people who are in the spotlight, who have to come forward and, you know, set up press conferences and interviews and, give all this elaborate show of an apology, you know, when they either do something or say something wrong, whether it be a racial tweet, whether it be, oh, they cheated on somebody or they were involved in some sort of uh, domestic violence or, or disturbance, whatever the case may be. And we've seen plenty of these things over the years. We've seen Kobe apologize sincerely to his wife in front of everybody and then buy her a stupid expensive ring. We've seen Josh Hader, I think his name is, apologize for the tweets that were uh, exposed from his previous years, his his younger years, which wasn't that long ago. And he he had claimed to uh, feel sorry for that. Uh, I believe uh, there were a few other examples. I I just think that all throughout the, 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 the many years of people apologizing, I think it's just become phony and it's just become just happenstance. It's all glitz and glamour. Now, I don't think that people are sincere. You know, that you, you obviously have people who actually are getting paid to deal with these type of issues. When, a, when an athlete or with somebody kind of 
puts their foot in their mouth or does something that could jeopardize either their career or their livelihood or the money or whatever, they're paid to try and fix it up for them. Hey, hey, we need, okay, now, now in order to kind of control this, we need you to get in front of an audience and say these words or, you know, just show off, uh, you know, just how uh, uh, of a changed person you are. Just apologize for the wrong that you did or, you know, you didn't really mean this is not the type of person that you represent. You know, I I'm sorry. I don't buy it one bit. When a person does something, it's because they want to. I mean, Michael Vick was involved in dog fights. He wasn't forced to. It's because he was found out and he had to serve time. You got people, like I said, sending racial tweets left and right or, or just just demeaning things on social media. And they're scrubbing them or, or they, they unsuccessfully tried to scrub them before it could be found out. And so now oh, they found it. All right. I, I guess I got to apologize. You know what? That was years ago. I was a young, stupid person. I was immature. Those aren't really my views on the world. And, the, you know, I don't really take to that type of thinking anymore. You know, I am truly sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry. Give me a break. Give me a break. I would I would respect more is if a person actually went against the grain and said, you know what? No, I actually do feel that way. It would be unconventional, but I would respect it. Instead of having all of these phony, just showy types of uh, displays of, uh, of, of, of apologies, man. I'm sorry. I, I can't seem to find any of them sincere. I, I know that people change. I know that People's thinkings and actions and feelings can change. People do mature. They grow. But I don't know. It's some, sometimes I find it hard to believe, you know, some of the people who are in the spotlight to truly being sincerely apologetic for their actions. Wow. That's, uh, that's how you feel. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I had to get it off my chest. I'm I, I'm kind of sick of hearing it. Who was the guy that... that the uh, athlete that had the apology was written down and after he read it in kind of a whole hum kind of way, just kind of dropped it on the floor. Was that Ryan leaf? You know what? That was before I started. I, I really never really followed Ryan leaf, but if that was, then that's insane. You, you, that, this is actually the first time I've heard of that. I can look that up. That that's insane. If that's what he did, was but that, that, that proved my point. Yeah, he was just kind of like yada, 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 whole hum about reading it, and he pretty much dropped it on the floor after he read it. I, I believe that sometimes they're sincere and they're just, they're slaves to their their agents and to the people they represent, and they want it said a certain way so it's better written in the, in the opinion of the agents. I appreciate a nice heartfelt apology if, if that if the situation calls for it, you know, go off top, you know, and, and, and don't give me anything canned and handwritten. I don't know why agents and, and PR reps don't understand that people have more appreciation for the genuine apology as opposed to something that appears to be handwritten, but maybe they just don't trust the athlete. I mean, in all honesty, no, I probably wouldn't either. I mean, you have some of these these athletes or people who probably don't know how to formulate a, a, a heartfelt <laughs> a letter or, or 
they can put, you know, thought to paper. But I, I just, I, I, in the long run, I still feel that there's just not 100% genuineness behind it. You know, if you need somebody else to tell you how you need to feel, then that right there shows me, okay, this is not how you feel. It's just like somebody saying, oh, I'm the author of a book, but your secretary wrote it. And then every now and then they sprinkled in their own words and thoughts like, no, you be the author of your own apology. You be the author. Like, you know, I, I would love it. Like you said, if somebody got up there and just spoke, you know, maybe stuttered a few times, you know, had, was at a loss for words and then, you know, composed themselves and said what they needed to say. Not not this like the Ryan Leaf example you know, write something and then clearly show, all right, whatever, on to the next one. You know, I don't really care. You know, that that that's what I think needs to truly be weeded out. But uh, unfortunately, that is the way the world works, and that's the way that uh, famous people operate. I, I feel similarly about apologies. I think that, that sometimes, maybe more more often than we want to give credit for, I think guys are apologetic. But I think the the problem can occur, too, when you have you take an individual, most professional athletes, even if they had to struggle in their youth as far as financially, most professional athletes were pretty much gifted from a very young age. So people saw potential. People saw something in their future and. Let's be honest, you know, you, you treat people of a certain skill level differently if you see that there's a, a future financial gain in it. So you might be looking at a, at a, a large population of, of individuals who maybe have never even had to say they were sorry for anything because everybody's trying to please them. Everybody's trying to make them happy because they're scared they're going to miss out on when this kid blows up. So they may have never had to apologize for anything. So it's very possible that by the time they do something wrong in their uh, adult life, this could be their real first apology. Hmm. That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. that. I mean, yeah, true. You know, you have some people who have been in stardom ever since they've been little. That That is true. I agree. And while it does not, by any stretch of the imagination, excuse them, you know, it, it may lend to why you may get pre-written canned apologies because you're talking about an individual who may not even know how to apologize as odd as it sounds, but we couldn't relate because, you know, even though we may have been skilled at a certain sport or a certain skill, you know, we were never on that level where, you know, you knew pretty early in life, you weren't going to be in the NBA or you weren't going to be in the NFL, you know? So you had to apologize. Yeah, for stuff. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was used to saying sorry once I was once I was born. Uh, I'm sorry for a lot of things. So yeah, that 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 that's very true. They 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 probably were shielded from having to deal with that. Exactly. So I I I, I can see it from that angle. I, I'm with that. You know, a lot of people out here want the Bears to apologize for not playing any of the starters for the last two <laughs> games of the preseason. The yeah, I don't think that'll be sincere. It won't. As a matter of fact, Coach Matt Nagy has already spoken on it, and he is not apologetic. The Bears have taken preseason game four for them, but three preseason week three for the rest of the NFL, and that's usually the dress rehearsal for the regular season. Usually you'll see starters play a half to 
to three quarters of football to really get a feel on, on how their offenses and defenses look against another team in real action as opposed to knocking each other around all week. The Bears did not take this opportunity to do that. They announced right before preseason game three against the Chiefs that they would sit their starters. Uh, when they announced the inactives for the game, most of them consisted of starters and um, maybe some some key reserves. They announced they would sit those guys for the last two games of the preseason. Did you have any thoughts on that, Jordan? How did you feel about it? Honestly, the more and more I thought about it, at first, the football fan in me said, what in the world is going on? Because I found out the day of that, you know, none of the starters, if not all of them, would not be playing. I completely erupted (laughs) as I was at work. I'm sitting there listening to the sports radio show, and they're talking about now they're going to rest them, and they've seen enough to be convinced that they're ready for week one of the actual season. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. This is how it usually goes. They play the, you know, most of the game. Why is it that that we can't have these guys? So, but the more and more I thought about, I was a little bit more reasonable. I said, okay, Nagy already said we've gone through 2,000 snaps in the the warmups, the practice, and he's seen what he he thought he needed to see in order to really say, okay, this is good enough. This is uh this is something that I'm I'm comfortable with doing. And as a head coach, you know, it is his decision. As a fan, no, I was not pleased. Like I said, I, I would have loved to seen the the first unit out there and just see Trubisky throw to Anthony Miller a few more times and Jordan Howard and Tariq and do that thing. But you know, that that was just the fan side of me. If I'm thinking logically and you look at some of these guys who already gotten injured and are out for the season. Uh, Marquise Lee going down, unfortunately, for the for the Jaguars. Like, there's benefits to uh, resting your players. You know, if, if you've already taken care of what you needed to take, take care of in practice and you feel comfortable with what your game plan is for the real season, then by all means, rest up, you know, go through your regular routine of practice, strengthen up, and, and get everybody healthy. Uh, so I think a lot of, a lot of teams are, are going to start implementing that a little bit more. I think the Packers even did that too, as far as not really going through a dress rehearsal in their third preseason game. Much like you, it caught me off guard when I first heard it. I was a little startled because I I wondered what was happening. And as time went along and as some explanation came out and uh, some pressers and some reports came out, I became a little more indifferent about it. I wasn't as, as passionately opposed. If you, if you look at it the way the average Bears fan, I, I look at it from both sides. The way the average Bears fan is thinking, football fan is thinking, you need to see live snaps against a team who's kind of game planning against you and playing to win as opposed to yeah. practice snaps to to where you're playing against your own defense. They're not going to go as hard against you, things like that. With yeah. that, I do agree. I do agree. Those are beneficial. Um, one could say, though, that it does expose your players to injury. But the counter-argument for that is football exposes you to injury. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, practice or 
or preseason or anything like that, you know, that that chance is there. I understand what Nagy's saying in the sense that they've had those additional snaps. They started training camp earlier than everyone except the Ravens. The Ravens started like a day before that. So, you know, they've had the more snaps than every other team in the NFL as far as practice snaps. Also, because they had a new head coach, they had an additional training period and additional contact practices that they're allowed by NFL rules. So they had those. So Nagy looked at those and and said, basically, well, we don't need to subject our players to any more contact before the season starts. Maybe he's, he's looking at it. Green Bay is a division game. It's the arch rival. We want to go in there fresh. The fear is they will be rusty. And I think that's a legit fear. But, hey, man, you go in fresh and, and you see see what's there. Also, what, what helps, too, is the way the NFL has structured things. It appears as if all the cuts can are made at once now, as opposed to waves and waves of cuts. So what that does is you sit your starters, and now you can exclusively focus on who's going to fill the, the bottom third of your roster. Yeah. So that's that's what we're seeing right now. You get a closer look at those guys, and, you know, hopefully it works out for some promising young players or, or some guys trying to make headway uh, with some extra extra reps in real live action. I know that I think – well, I think that uh, they were saying that Javon Wims was playing tonight. I actually didn't catch the game yet. I'm recording it right now, but I, I don't know if he actually is playing or not with the third string. A unit, but uh, I thought that he actually didn't need to show any more than he already has. I believe he's leading the preseason in, re- in receiving yards over 300, which, I mean, that's not really saying anything, but at the same time it is for him because it's proving to the Bears team that, you know, this is somebody that they need to keep on their 53-man uh, roster. There are some benefits to the to this, to uh, you know, well, fourth usually, but fifth preseason game for the Bears. Uh, a couple guys who are going to, probably prove uh, maybe to other teams that they can get picked up if they get cut by the Bears. But uh, I don't know. I, I I agree with you in that football is always going to be football, and injuries are just a part of one life but a part of sports, so you can't really run away from it. Things are going to happen. Stuff is going to, you know, not go your way all the time. I I, I mean, they they may be rusty. We'll see. I don't know. You know, they're still practicing during the weeks. And at the same time, Green Bay may be rusty, you know, because they 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 didn't do their dress rehearsal. So we'll see. It'll be a, a battle of the rusties. We'll see. Oh, battle of rusties. Best rusty I've seen is probably Rusty LaRue. Oh, man. I only liked him because of his name. He was a hard-trying player. Uh, but uh, That's why the Bulls clearly had no good old Rusty LaRue. hard-trying yep. player. And that's what Chicago appreciates. Nice blue-collar guy. Yeah, doesn't get you anywhere, though. The Chicago Bears also had a strength and conditioning coach by the name of Rusty Jones, who all the players loved and was uh, their strength and conditioning coach during the Bears' best <laughs> Are you serious? Year. I have a lot of meaningless sports knowledge. <laughs> Rusty Jones, okay. Yeah, that was Rusty Jones. Shout-out to Rusty Jones for uh, keeping uh, Erlacher and Briggs in shape. Oh, well, then he did his job. There you go. I didn't know what era Rusty Jones came from, but there it is. Rusty Jones is a Lovey Smith attachment. Rusty and Lovey. 
Interesting. All right. Football comes in many forms. It comes right. in real and it comes in fantasy. It's that time. If you have not had your fantasy football draft already, you're probably smarter than most. But now, the the way they're doing it now, where they're sitting all the starters, you can probably start doing fantasy drafts week two, week three of the preseason. But the last of the fantasy drafts will likely commence this weekend, long weekend coming up. And we're not going to go too deep into it because... Uh, no, no, no. Let's go deep. Go ahead. Let me let me know who you're going to pick since we're in the same league. <laughs> It won't. It won't matter. I mean, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Um, oh man, that's what I like to hear. That's right. Get your jabs in now. That being said, I won't dive too deep into what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but there are there are some uh, names out there that are hot on that's the market, right. and uh, hot. We can dive into what some fantasy football strategies are. And maybe some hot names that you're big on and maybe not so big on. So, yeah. for instance, with me, some names that I'm big on, despite the fact that many uh, fantasy football pundits out there will tell you to pump the brakes on him, I'm not really going to pump the brakes on him. I like Saquon Barkley. But only... Now you're speaking... Which, Only if you're in like the seven to ten range. If you take Saquon Barkley before seven, there's something wrong with you. You think so, huh? Oh yeah. But what if Saquon Barkley isn't there at seven? What if he's because a lot of uh, different fantasy football rankings have him at six most times. And I've listened. I've looked at a couple of articles, even just as recently as today, that said. He's as valuable as going as high as two uh, because of the new uh, coaching staff, the new offensive line, which has gotten better. And, you know, just the lack of star power on that team outside of Odell Beckham. I mean, who else is going to be getting a whole bunch of the, the, the offensive production? Evan Egram might be nice as a tight end, but he hasn't really proven himself to be a, a, a world beater just yet. He's not on the on the tier or the level of the top tight end. So. I don't see him really taking too much away from what Saquon can ha- ha- uh, perhaps do. And then you think about the last two years, man. It's been rookie running backs that have led the league in yards. You had Kareem Hunt, and then you had Ezekiel Elliott. Or, wait, was that – am I saying that right? Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan. His rookie year was near the top. I think he was number two. Yeah, he was right behind Ezekiel. Yeah. You know, like I said, I love Saquon, and I love what the future has for him. And maybe two, three years from now, he is one, two. But right now, can you really take Saquon Barkley over Ty Gurley? Uh, absolutely not. You would be crazy to do that. I'll just say this for my other league I'm in, not the one that we're in together, your league. I am number two, and I am really, really – licking my chops, but at the same time, I'm kind of frazzled because it's very obvious I'm going to take a running back. You would be stupid not to. I mean, yes, Antonio Brown usually is picked very high, but 
it, it's just too many good running backs who also are valuable as pass catchers. I, I, I don't know who the first guy is going to pick. I've been hearing rumblings that this guy really likes Antonio Brown. So if he does take him, then I have the pick of the litter. But let's just say he takes one of the running backs. Let's say he takes Le'Veon. Should I take Todd Gurley or should I take someone else? You know, but I'll tell you my sleeper guy that I really am debating on because of the situation and because I just think he is going to just get better and better is Alvin Kamara. Now, Alvin Kamara, he can pass. I mean, not pass. He can catch. He obviously can run. He got stronger over the offseason. He already was a beast. And Mark Ingram will not be playing for the first four weeks of the actual season. So you can almost be assured that he's going to have a lot of work as the bell cow off of that team. So I'm, I'm that that's my real debate. Should I, should I take a chance and, you know, assume that this guy is going to have a breakout year and then surpass or, or pass up on a chance to get Gurley or Le'Veon because Le'Veon is still dealing with the contract issue. You don't know how long that's going to seep into the season. So I don't want to be dealing with that kind of headache. And then Ezekiel Elliott, I heard their offensive line is kind of iffy right now. David Johnson, yes, he was a beast in 2016, but coming back from an injury, you just are, are iffy if, with taking him as your first choice. I don't, I, I don't know about him, but I don't know, man. We'll see. I think Gurley is your clear-cut one. Um, Le'Veon is right there. And by the way, Le'Veon has already said that he's going to come into camp on September 1. Um, you know, he, Le'Veon, was basically, Le'Veon was basically dodging training camp. He knew he wasn't going to get any money. He was dodging training camp, as veterans tend to do. He does this every year. Because he doesn't want to go to training camp. God, what is wrong with him? Okay. Lil Mac apparently really wants money. So. Come on, Bears. Come on, Bears. You hear that? But they're saying the Raiders want two ones. Well, give it to him. Are you crazy? No, I am not. I want Khalil Mack. So you'll trade potentially two Khalil Macks for one. I will trade the potential for the reality in a heartbeat. Yes, absolutely. Just like Kevin White was the potential, and so was whoever else, Cal Fuller. You know, and neither one of them, I, I would, I, would I, would I hesitate in trading both for Khalil Mack as far as their value when the when they were drafted. Both were top picks, top uh, first round picks. You know, at the, at the top of the draft. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't think I would hesitate to 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 push that button that that that's something that doesn't bother me you got to take a chance on that you got to give value for value Khalil Mack is already a proven star in this league he's only 27 he's going to get better the man is a dog you need that especially with the Leonard Floyd issue right now you need someone that can take the pressure off of him and then when he gets back to full health hopefully he can actually stay healthy now you're talking about two dogs that are coming after the quarterback along with Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, and all those boys. Like, yeah, man, give up what you got to give up. Two ones is steep. It's steep. So let me let me propose a scenario to you. Okay. Two ones for Khalil Mack. Or maybe a four. One four for Shane Ray. 
Oh, boy. Okay, yes, I would get Shane Ray 4-4. That would be... Uh, that would be my second option. Hey, you, if if you can get Shane Ray with a fourth pick, fourth round pick, by all means, go ahead. I honestly don't think his value is that high because why are the Denver Broncos letting him go if they know that he can be good? And you 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 you're able to get a fourth round pick back for him? I don't know. I don't. I think that that's probably too high of an asking price. Maybe fifth for Shane Ray. Um, because as good as he is, he hasn't he's not hasn't elevated his game to star status. So it's not like he he's he's taken over the world with his his uh his stats. Um I you 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 know his potential when he came out of Mizzou was that he was supposed to kill. He was supposed to be that beast, that linebacker beast, but yet to have seen that. We we haven't seen that just yet. He's been adequate. Um then you also have Dante Fowler out there at a at a comparable price as well. That dude, I wanted him. When he came from Florida, I wanted him. And then that's when he tore his leg in the <laughs> training camp. Yeah, but he may still have some, some gas in the tank, man. I say Oh yeah, he's still young though. And they got plenty of people over there. He they can give him up. They got too many people over there in Jacksonville already. Yeah, you can give up uh, Dante Fowler. You get your couple fours together, a three and a four together, and you go out. You you trade two mid round picks. You put in a haul of Shane Ray and or Dante Fowler. I think you're doing well for yourself, as opposed. And then you keep your your picks, and you're not selling your future down the river. That's true. I I, I agree with that because you've already given up your second round pick for uh, next year when you drafted Anthony Miller. You went back into the second round this year and got Anthony Miller. Yeah, so got to hold on to some of these high picks, man. I don't know, man. I just think when when an opportunity like this presents itself, you need to find a way to give your best offer. And if it means their next year's first round pick, and the year after that first round pick, I'm down. I like I I don't know how else to put it. Or if you need to package the first round with something else that sounds appealing. I don't know how, but it I would I would try my best to do it. Khalil Mack is is one guys you should be able to do that for. Yeah, yeah, he is. It's just I think that by the Bears being at this stage of a of a restructure. That to, to get rid of some future prospects is tough. I think a team, team like the Packers, team like the Packers, um, <laughs> who, you know, Aaron Rodgers may have, despite what his contract will tell you, may have a few more years left, especially if he gets, keeps getting his collarbone driven into the turf. They might be more willing to make a move like that because they have a, a team that's kind of right in that window. The Bears' window, it hasn't opened yet. It's cracking open, but it isn't open. Yeah. So, you know, if we if, if Mitch turned out to be pretty good and we were two years down the road, that move would make more sense. But when, you, when you're compiling a, a, a young team and trying to create a, a young dynasty, I think you need to hold on to picks and, and try to make shrewd moves. With lower round picks. Back to fantasy, though. Um, 
So we we talked about Gurley being being number one. Le'Veon yeah. saying he's coming to camp. So we put him no lower than three. Uh, David Johnson. The only reason I'm putting faith in David Johnson, I actually drafted him in one of my leagues that I'm in. The only reason I'm putting faith in David Johnson is this. David Johnson injured his arm. It has nothing to do with him running. So, you know, let's go. You know, he, he, he can literally hit the field running, get some things done with the feet, man. He doesn't have to skip a beat. In fact, he has fresher legs from missing a year with an injured arm. So, yeah. I think I think he his stock shouldn't drop at all. I think you're getting into the Antonio Brown spots at four and five. Antonio Brown talking DeAndre Hopkins. There's another running back supposed to be in there. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. So that's that's probably your top six right there. Yeah, and then you start looking at Saquon and Odell and Kamara, Kamara, Cream. Yeah, Deion. You said DeAndre Hopkins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got yeah. Hopkins actually going like six ish. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, you know who keeps him? Who keeps? Yeah, and I've never picked this guy because I just I'm always iffy about his injury, but he's always supposed to be like the best receiver in the game. Is Julio Jones, man? It seems like his stock is constantly going down and down, and I never trust in picking him. Well, Julio's going to give you 12 or 13 games, and last year his touchdown volume was down, so that's why his stock is dropping. He's a he's a second round guy. Uh, if you're in a snake draft, he's around the, the hook. So, um, yeah, that's where you get a Julio. He's going to give you a good season, 100 yard games, some 90 yard games, some breakaway touchdowns. But I mean, right now he's he's not where Brown and Hopkins are. Yeah, not at all, because they can remain healthy too. They play, and and they're and the Falcons too. Remember, they drafted Calvin Ridley. They got Muhammad Sanu. They got yeah. Stephen Coleman coming out of the backfield. There's more options for Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan does like, even though he, he goes to Julio, you know, when all else fails, uh, Matt Ryan does like to spread the ball around them. So everybody eats with Matt Ryan, whereas Deshaun Watson, uh, he moves the ball around, but, you know, his bread is buttered 80% of the time with DeAndre. Yeah, and uh, he was doing pretty good. He was successful with the long ball to Will Fuller before he got injured. Will Fuller was like, only time he would catch the ball was when he was getting deep balls into the end zone. There you go. So, so. give us one dark horse sleeper. Don't give all of them away. It doesn't have to be your best one. But one dark horse sleeper that you got. Do you want to go by position? Because I got a few, or do you want to just keep it at just the one? Do what you want. Well, at running back, my dark horse sleeper is Kenyon Drake for the Miami Dolphins. I think uh, he will have a better year than last year, which is which is saying something because he had a good year last year with smoking Jay under the helm. 
I think he's going to take off a little bit more. I think he's a talented running back. Yeah, I think he's good enough to to, to break out a little bit more. Uh, my dark horse wide receiver. Let's see. I'm going to go. Well, he's not really a receiver. He's a tight end. I'm going to go with Trey Burton. Trey Burton, to me, is a dark horse tight end. You know, you got you always got your Rob Gronkowski's, your Kelsey's, your Ertz's, your Olsen's, and uh, Kyle Rudolph. You know, you know those are the top tight ends that usually come off the board first for that position. But I think Trey Burton in this offense, even from what you saw in the second preseason game, I think that's just a snippet of how much – He's going to be involved as the moving tight end in this offense. I think he has the ability and the skill set, man, to really shine and and make a name for himself as one of the top tight ends in the game. You know, I I think that's not too far off from being a truth or being a fact very soon if their offense clicks the way they're supposed to. And let's see, a dark horse quarterback, I think – Dark horse quarterback might be Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he's as dark horse as most, but he could be uh, a breakout guy. He could be one of the top quarterbacks when it's said and done. Uh, I think he's very underrated as a passer. I think if he had better weapons, he would be, you know, right up there with some of the some of the good quarterbacks of uh, of the league. But uh, he still does his thing. Jimmy G. He was given all that money for a reason because you know Shanahan saw something. So. I think he might be a good pick. And then who did I I, I, I passed over wide receiver? Uh, you combine receiver and tight end. Right. Yeah. So that was basically my flex. So, yeah, I'll keep it at that then. So those are my dark horses who might have good seasons this year. Intriguing. Intriguing. So here's some of my sleepers. With fantasy, I'm going to start with quarterback. Okay. And I'm going to give you Pat Mahomes. Okay. They look like they're going to sling that ball around the field. And Pat Mahomes has no qualms about throwing the deep ball. So Not at all. I get your little Pat Mahomes in your lineup, as I have on one of my teams. And he may carry to a championship, maybe even overtake the first quarterback you take because you're going to draft Pat Mahomes late as a potential backup. Right. At running back, I'm going to go with Marlon Mack. Hmm. Okay. I think that the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck is back. And I think they're going to try to ease him into the offense. So you may see a pretty heavy dose of Marlon Mack early in the season. And if he gets going and gets hot, uh, they may keep him consistent throughout the year. So Marlon Mack at the running back. I have another sleeper running back, and I'm not divulging that. I need that one. (laughs) Why do I feel like I know who it is? You have no idea who it is. You sure? Go ahead. if, If you guess it, I'll confirm it. Go ahead. Alex Collins. No. But I like oh, okay. him. But I like him. Okay, um, one more. One more. Because this guy is he truly a sleeper, but if the team does well, he might be real good. He's truly a sleeper. Okay, Chris Carson. I like him. I really do. Oh, 
<laughs> all right, I give up. That's not it. And, and all right, okay. You'll find out. Um, you might even be able to get this guy's so much of a sleeper. You might be able to get him on waiver wire. Wow. Okay. The wide receiver that I have as a sleeper, and I'm going to give you Sterling Shepard. Sterling. Yeah. 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 I think Evan Ingram's volume and production will go down a bit this year. Even though you have Saquon there, there's going to be a lot of focus on him. And Sterling Shepard is going to get you a lot of sneaky, sneaky games. He's had a great preseason. Great preseason. So Sterling Shepard can slide in at that number two receiver spot for the Giants. And he might uh, win you some games this fantasy season. You know, I, I, it's not that I don't trust Sterling Shepard. I actually picked him as a rookie uh, in, in fantasy football a few seasons back. And I liked his production for a few of the games. He had a few outbreak games or breakout games. And uh, I just don't trust Eli Manning. Eli Manning is getting older and older by the second. And I just don't trust him. If they had a younger up-and-coming quarterback, like you put like a Deshaun Watson on that team, Oh, my goodness. Like a, a mobile quarterback with those type of talents at running back and a receiver and Odell and Sterling and Evan Ingram. Now you're talking about a very quick, fast, young, athletic offensive lineup. But uh, Eli Manning is the is the X factor in all of this. That's why usually I would I would probably only go with Odell or Saquon as my fantasy picks for that particular team because – I would trust that they would still do their thing. That's why Sterling Shepard is so appealing to me because Sterling yeah. is an intermediate guy. So he's going to yeah. run a lot of the tough routes, the, the, the get to the first down routes. He's going to give you a lot of those. So he, he has some, some breakaway stuff. He can give you some, some skills to get out in the open field. But he's going to be that underneath guy to get you the tough yards. So that's why I think he'll come in handy for Eli, where he won't have to extend himself to get him the ball. That's a good point. And single coverage. Single coverage. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. I think that everybody's kind of on to Trey Burden, especially in the Chicago area. In drafts, Trey Burden, both the drafts I've been in so far, Trey Burden has gone higher than his ADP. So – Really? Yeah. He's being found out, huh? So if you want Trey Burton and you got eyes on him, you may have to cheat up a bit. Go ahead and take him. But you know what? Thankfully, in our league, our, our, the other league I'm in, bro, it, you can choose whether you want a tight end or not. It, 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 our, ours is set up where you have a quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, and two flex positions and a kicker uh, in the IDP league I'm in. So it, it, you can choose to pick a, court, a a tight end if you want or not. You know, it depends on who's there and who's more valuable at that point. Tight end is optional? Yeah, bro. It is It is fun, bro. You got to get in this IDP league. Is this a full IDP? Yes, it's 29 rounds. It's extremely long, but it's fun. And uh, you got to know who your individual defensive players are. Those are that, That's when it really gets fun because some people are, like, baffled by – some of the players that you pick, but you look closely, man. Some of these guys, like these safeties or cornerbacks, they they do it all. 
and they may like return kicks and give you yardage just off of that. Like it's it's little things that make it fun. But yeah, man, it's a full IDP draft, bro. I I, I may want in on that. I may quit a couple of the leagues I'm in just to take on the IDP. I yeah. always want to be in a full IDP. Though you know the one I have, it's it's a mini IDP. So you know you have a, a lineman, a defensive back. A linebacker and and one extra defensive player. Yeah, and even yeah. that. So I'm, I mean, I'm not budging on the IDP, but I'm not going to add full IDP league, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 all systems go, man. Two linebackers, two defensive ends, two tackles, two cornerbacks, two safeties, and then the the bench for all of that, and the bench for all of the offensive players and kicker. So there's 29 spots. 29 rounds. Man, it, it, it gets real. Wow. It, it is so much more fulfilling when you win. I, I won the last two out of three years. I lost last year to uh, my boy, Jay Reed, my big brother, Jay Reed. And uh, he won only by a little bit. I don't know if you remember the last season game. It was the Texans versus the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers were pretty much – dismantling the Texans because obviously Deshaun Watson was already hurt a long time ago. So they really had no chance of keeping up with that offense. So Big Ben, he, I think he played for real like the first two two quarters. And then after the half, he played a little bit in the third, but he was like handing the ball off. So he didn't get any passing stats. And then they gave it to the to the backup. I forgot his name, but the backup came in. And I was 12 points off of uh, – winning the whole thing for a third year in a row that that really grinded my gears but it is fun man it, it it's so much more fun because you you not only you know obviously you know with the like the mini idp league you focus in on everything man and you you look at it even closer because you like you're looking at all these different players on both sides of the ball that you're trying to keep track of and you want like no get that tackle hurry up and go over there and get you know so it, it is it is extremely fun I think this is a league I heard heard about a couple of years back, and I, I kind of wanted in because I heard about it. And yeah, hey, you gotta find a way to get me into this. I will. I will definitely put your name in the in the in the uh, in the hat. Uh, you probably will be the next guy up. I'm. I, they're actually thinking about having the winners league, and then whoever loses, whoever has like the lowest ranking or the lowest seating goes into the loser's bracket, so they're going to make two leagues. But I don't know if that's that's true or not. The guy over it uh, got to see what he's talking about. But I'm pretty sure they can expand it. They try to keep it at 12. We got 12 right now. I don't know if it, if they want or should have it higher or if somebody's just going to quit. But, uh, yeah, man, I'll definitely let them know. Once in. You keep using government names, Jordan. Oh, um, sorry. It just sounded so good off the tongue. I'm sorry. <laughs> do we have Stayos names? Or what? Are, what am I, Batman? Or what are we? You're Jordan. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You're Jordan. All right, Chris. Chris. You're Jordan. <laughs> Fine. Thank you, Chris. Mercy. <laughs> All right, but I do. I do want in on this league. And um, throw my name into the hat. I'm in. I'm in five fantasy football leagues. Good lord! And 
You find time. Well, one one I run, and the other one I kind of help the guy start. Oh, so, I mean he he's fine now, but you know it's it's I'm kind of committed to that. There the two there's two that I'm in that I kind of like was grandfathered into and I forgot about, and they drafted last week and. I was like, okay, well, I'll do it. Because I was going to try to drop one this year, and I ended up just saying, I'll do the five. And like I said, one's mine. One I kind of helped start. Then there's another one that I was brought into because of some guys who were kind of learning how to do fantasy, and he wanted some established guys there. And I won that one. So I don't quit leagues I win. Oh, I got you. You know, I, I, you, you want to give guys a, a shot at the champ, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. That's true. Don't run away. I, I hear you. <laughs> then there's the other league, one of the other leagues I was going to give up. I came in third. So, you know, you also don't want to quit one that you came so close in. Right. You can smell the victory. Yeah. So here's my goal. I want to go five for five. Wow. It's It's daunting. It really is. <laughs> I'd say. But I want to go five for five. I went two for five last year with a third place finish in there. Okay. I want to go five for five. Once I do that, you know, I, I, I don't have anything else to live for. <laughs> I don't. I, I, may, I may have my son start playing my games for me. <laughs> I got you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Eli Manning, kid? No, I'm I'm not gonna do that. I, I respect my opponents. Um but yeah, I mean, get me into the IDP and uh I'll see where the rest of the chips fall. I just gotta get in there first. Okay, we'll do, we'll do. We'll speaking let you living, Speaking of living football fantasies, Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham got broke off. They got paid. Yeah. Stupid money. Stupid. Aaron Rodgers got stupid money. Yeah. And it leads me to believe this because we've seen, what, three people get get record-breaking deals this offseason? Uh-huh. You got, you got Gurley, you got Beckham, and you got Rodgers. And before that, you had Cousins. It leads me to believe this. There is something on the horizon for the NFL. Yeah. Something's got to be coming. There's going to be an extreme spike in that salary cap. It's got to be. And these teams, knowing they haven't released the, the info yet, but that's the only reason I see justifying taking a heavy percentage of your salary cap and paying so many of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, they, they know what's going on. I, I, I foresee it too. And and after a while, you probably are going to look back and say these these contracts, these deals are, are going to be bargain deals. You know, just like every other sport. You know, you look at some of the past deals that people got and they're like, wow, that's a lot. Now you look at what people are getting broke off with, like in the NBA. You know, you got people that are mediocre players that are getting $15 million a year. I mean, that's that's utterly ridiculous. And top players in the NFL get that, you know, so it, it's really uneven. But I, I think eventually that's going to kind of balance itself out. 
where the NFL is going to catch up and that money is going to start coming in more. And uh, yeah, salary cap is going to get higher and people are going to get more and more money. I agree. This is just the beginning. Like, I think there's going to be a big spike, though. Yeah. So, but, you know, congrats to those guys and yeah. finally uh, getting True. paid, I guess. And now Le'Veon wants to get paid girly money. And and here's why I have an issue with that. I think, you know, Le'Veon needs to get paid. He's an extremely valuable football player. He's a rare breed in today's NFL. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell is, is like, what, five years older than Ty Gurley? Yeah. I'm not paying you what I paid Ty Gurley when you're five years old. You, you know how I have mentioned the value of a football player diminishes over time and faster because of the fact that you're getting into 60 to 100 car accidents a week. So father time, with football especially – one day you just you just can't do it anymore, and it happens abruptly. Football and baseball, for some reason, one day it just hits you. It's that day, and it's just like I can't play this sport as well as I used to. You know, a lot of times basketball players tend to age gracefully, and you can start to see the decline a bit in their game. With football and baseball, especially football. One day, you just can't do it anymore. One day, you just can't block a guy across from you anymore. You just can't get separation anymore. You just can't get through the hole as fast as you used to anymore. Yeah. And Le'Veon Bell is closer to that day than Ty Gurley is. Yep. So if you're looking long-term for something like what Ty Gurley's just got, wouldn't bank on that, Mr. Bell. Yeah, my not. Now, if you want something short term, if you want a couple years at, at the same salary rate, maybe. But it appears as if the Steelers are already preparing for life without Le'Veon, because I think they drafted a running back what, in the third round. He's uh, they're saying he's he's pretty good. He was handling the Le'Veon role pretty well in preseason. Yeah. So. That's good business. Got to do that. Yeah. Football is a is a fickle sport, more fickle than any. You you suffer the most pain and you get the least reward. Seems like so. Hopefully, Le'Veon gets gets somewhat what he wants, but I don't foresee him getting anything on on the levels of what Ty Gurley got. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, your age does factor in. You know, you kind of are a little bit up there now, so you know. You don't get paid for what you did. You get paid for what you're going to do or what they think you're going to do. So, unfortunately, that those years have passed you by where you were supremely talented. And I think that, you know, in a few years, his talent will go down just like Adrian Peterson, just like every other person, you know, who is gets defeated by father time. So that 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 team, that organization, they just have to be smart. They have to be smart with their money. They have to be smart with their investments in the future. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, though, uh, in my opinion, another little dark horse pick for your draft. I agree. As soon as I have a face went down. Darius Geis? Uh, I like to say Guise. I don't know why I say Guise. <laughs> okay. 
But with Adrian, <laughs> but with Adrian Peterson, um, I don't think he's going to have a great season. I think you should have him on your roster and, and be judicious about playing him because I think there will be like three or four games where he may go nuts. But I don't yeah. think he has a great season left in him. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be consistent. You know, I don't think he's going to be like a bell cow who's going to get a bunch of touches uh, because you still have other people on that team. I actually, another one of my dark horse picks, I actually picked him last year for the IDP League was Chris Thompson. Before he went down, he was very good to me. He was uh, doing everything. He's one of those backs that can catch and run as well. Uh, very good running back, but he usually gets hurt because he's more side, more so on the small side. And he's, he's strong in general, but he's just small for an NFL running back. So uh, Chris Thompson is going to get touches. Then you got some Ajay P. Ryan. So, you know, that that's like a running back by committee type thing. And I, I can't stand those type of teams that have all those running backs who need to share the ball now. So you don't have an obvious bell cow on that backfield. No RBCs. Stay away from RBCs. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to this. Oh, yeah. Pretty much what people wait for now with this podcast. I'm all with it. They don't, they don't want to hear us talk anymore about sports and <laughs> saying intelligent things about sports. No, no, no. They want to hear us rant and rave about food. At least I think so. <laughs> I kind of look forward to it. Yeah, I do as well, because at the end of the, the, the podcast, I get hungry. That doesn't help. Does it? <laughs> I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I guess not. So, what is your recommendation for this week? Well, I had the pleasure uh, this week. Once again, uh, me and another co-worker, we uh, had a few jobs downtown Chicago. And I got to say, you got to look it up. You can Google it, Google map it or whatever. I don't know the exact address for this one uh, because uh, I was treated to uh, this particular spot. Uh, This time, the guy I worked with was like, hey, we are going here. We're in this area to work. We are not passing this place up. I've been here and you need to try it. And it is a uh, Philly spot called Philly's Best. Where oh uh, yes uh oh uh oh Chris knows about it <laughs> I know that well. I swear I didn't know anything about this place but it's somewhere downtown obviously people who are listening you can look it up I'm sure Chris knows exactly where probably but I was put on to it in particular I got a chicken Philly sandwich with olives bacon pieces mayo. And to top it off, what really, really took it over the top was the bread. It wasn't normal bread. It was garlic bread. Mm. And it was just, it was the most amazing blend of just flavor in my mouth. I'm sorry. Oh, and, and fresh jardinier, too. If you like a little kick, put a little fresh jardinier. They make their stuff extremely fresh. It is hot, but it is good together. You will not be disappointed if you go to Philly's Best and try their chicken Philly. So did you go to the Philly's best in Greek town? Yes, that's exactly where we were. Yeah, we were in Greek town. 
Yes. Rhino posted in Jackson. Well, see, they look at him. Look, you see, you see people. Foodies know where to go. There you go. My first experience with Philly's best. I didn't. They didn't have such a, a vast array of flavors, um, but it was good. I worked for a brief time in Wrigleyville. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Trying to trying to burn the, the Wrigley Field down, huh? No. <laughs> let me let me throw this out there. I'm joking. No, no. Let me let me, let me throw this out there. <laughs> All right. I do not like the Cubs. Oh. I used, I used to like the Cubs growing up, and I have more Cubs knowledge than many Cub fans. I no longer like them. Well, well. I have nothing against Wrigley Field. I think it has served the Cubs well in their popularity. Wrigley Field, I've been there. It is a great place to watch a baseball game. The atmosphere outside of Wrigley Field is great. You know, you got everybody around enjoying themselves, having a good time, drinks are flowing, you know, cute girls walking around, you know, preppy guys walking around to party. <laughs> so I have nothing against that area. I mean, well, I have some things against that area, but I have nothing against that area. But back to what I was saying. <laughs> Philly's Best on Belmont. Uh, it was my first experience there. Very good food. Very good food. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, uh, you picked a good spot. I do maybe have to try some of the, the new selections. Seems like they're doing something a little different with the sandwiches. So, I'm going to give it a shot when I'm open the area. Yeah, uh, apparently he said you have to request it. I guess you get a choice of what kind of bread, but the garlic bread, that, that definitely took it to the next level. Oh. Mm. So since you're in that area, you're in Greektown. Yeah. Okay. I am going to send you down the street. All right. The Taco the Burrito King. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That I do know of, but not that location, though. Uh, it is a, a solid location. I I came up eating Taco Burrito King uh, through my fledgling Taco Burrito King years. I will go to the one over there on Pulaski, I believe. It's 125th in Pulaski. Okay. Uh, there's one over there. It's pretty good. Um. There's also one in the financial district over there on Van Buren. That's probably my least favorite one. I think the prices are a little jacked up, a little higher over there. But the one over on Pulaski and then the one over off Halsted in Greektown, good places, great tacos, solid burritos, solid quesadillas, but the tacos are to die for. Uh, might be a slightly on the pricey side now. Oh yeah, they, they've they've inched their their prices up a little faster than most establishments, but you know it's it's worth it when you have it. A lot of lot of decent spots over there in that area. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, so if you're in the Greek town area, you you almost can't go wrong no matter where you eat. Yeah, I, I think Greek town is a is a wonderful area to to. That. Eat, eat some good food. I, I am familiar with Taco Burrito King as well. Uh, the first time I went actually was I stumbled upon it when I was working further 
north and far west. I think it was like maybe 6,000 west and 1,600 north on North Street. And it's in like a little strip mall area. And it's, uh, yeah, that was my first time seeing it. I said, hmm, let me try this place. I was working in the area. So I just took lunch real quick and got there. Uh, King Burrito or Junior Burrito King or whatever it's called and, and got the uh, the beef. Uh, man, the the burrito, the 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 shell, the not the shell, the the tortillo. You know what they wrap it in? It was it was a little on the crunchy side. They they they, I, and it sounds bad, but they burned it just perfectly. I I don't saying it right, but it, it wasn't. It didn't taste burnt, but it had like a little brown strip on the bottom where when you eat it, you bite into it, it has just a slight crunch to it. And I was like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. Keeps it from getting gummy. There you go. Keeps it together. So, solid spot there. Yes, sir. If you have any uh, food recommendations you want to throw our way, you can hit us up on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, the email, Podcast at stayoutspodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, let us know if you've got some spots that uh, you might want to get some minor Stayos fan exposure out to. <laughs> and uh we'll send Jordan out to eat it since he's, he's <laughs> I gotta be the Mikey. Why why I gotta be that dude? Because you're more out and about. I'm told you man, I'm handcuffed to a desk all day. <laughs> you know, well, um, I'll make sure I save you so <laughs> I'm 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 stuck with the same East Loop selections all the time. That being said, there is now a Five Guys downtown. There's a Five Guys downtown. Well, there it is. That's about time. So I will be there tomorrow. <laughs> um, My brother. It's not an appearance or anything. I'm just going to go <laughs> and eat Five Guys tomorrow. I know. I, I, oh. Bacon double I, Not bacon double cheese. Bacon cheeseburger. What I always cheeseburgers already a double fair. Yeah, uh, they don't even have to say double. Yeah, so I'll be headed over there to that five guys, and uh, gonna gonna have that, and I'm gonna enjoy it. I may not even make it through the word day; I may fall asleep. If you're gonna get fired, go on ahead and go out with a bank. Not gonna get fired. <laughs> But I will enjoy Five Guys tomorrow. So I think that's it. That's right. All right. It's been another great episode of the Stay Eyes podcast. I had something on my mind I wanted to say, and I can't remember. Oh, well. It's been another great episode of the Stay Eyes podcast. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by with us. Again, social media, we can be found Instagram and Twitter at Stay Eyes Podcast. I've been Chris. He's been Jordan. No government names. I'll let you next time. See y'all next week.